Welcome to the Guardians of Grace podcast. Relax, you have found the right place. We're here to serve. Join us, holding to pure grace. Again, relax, join in with us. Listen on, be blessed. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Guardians of Grace podcast. My name is Bill, and I'm here with my longtime buddy, Grace Guard Dog Steve. And, and it seems like we're here with a bunch of demons, too. Man, some things are going goofy on us. I, I can't explain what just happened. I can't either, but wow. That, that was not natural. That was not natural. But hey, we're here, and greater is he who is in us than he who is anywhere else. So we're here and ready to do a podcast, and we hope you're ready to hear a, a good podcast from God himself. Just got some good news. We are looking at the, the numbers. The last couple podcasts seem to be really going. We got it. Let's see, we got a Grace Guard Dog Pound in Michigan, Illinois, Texas, Florida, of course. Yeah. It it was like 30-some states, and then I don't know how many different countries we saw, United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy. Thanks to everybody out there. Thanks to all the guard dogs, and thanks to everybody else who's listening. We appreciate what you're what you're doing. Please keep up the good work. Please tell as many people about the podcast as possible because we're trying to set people free. We're trying to break the shackles of legalism away from everybody who hears this podcast. And with your support, I believe we can do it. I think I let me rephrase that. With God working through you, I believe we can do it. God works through everything to make everything blossom that blossoms, and nothing blossoms without God working through it. So let's make that that. good and clear. There was even a a new Grace Guard dog pound in Guam, I think. Taking on the island of Guam with the grace of God. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Appreciate it, you guys. More than you'll ever know. Okay. We got a little business to take care of, though. Grace Guard Dog Steve. Apparently, we've been using the word resonate. We might have overused it. It resonated too much. (laughs) I love the word, so it... I can't overuse it, but we're, we're putting a four podcast limit on any redneck Greek word study word that we use. So, okay. well, we got a we got a replacement word. We've got a replacement word, which probably means we have to do another redneck Greek word study or Bible study. The word is part of the same word. The suneko was the where we got a word resonating. It's it's two words. Soon is together. And echo is where we got a word resonating. It echoes. It it, it echoes, yeah. It resonates. And it's echo is to hold together. So 
the grace we saw that the, the love of God was resonating the Son of God resonates in us the grace of God resonates in us we all even saw last week that the sin and the death resonates in Adam that's true that's and true. that's not a good one no no in our human nature the sin guy resonates pretty strong yeah. loud and clear yes that's why we want to live the Christian life totally dependent on God himself manifesting through us. Then we are a hard act to follow. If you've got the God of the universe manifesting through you, no one's going to beat your performance then as a Christian. You will be a stellar Christian. Oh, yes. It's that spirit just resonating in you. Our word, you know what, it's it's hard to pick a starting place for me when we get in Romans because it seems like a, it seems like it makes one point from Romans one to sixteen till the end. It just seems like he just builds on the on the on the, on the case. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. But if there was a one centerpiece, I would pick this verse Romans 5 8 and it's our new word that we're going to do a redneck Greek word study it's worthy of a redneck Greek word study okay so should I start in verse 8 yeah and withhold all temptation to go to 7 and oh that's what I was going to say <laughs> let me start in 6 <laughs> you can't help but go ahead start in 6 I can't help For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrated his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we were at our lowest point. He, when, when it says he died at the right time, it means he waited till we were really at our low point. The peak of our unrighteousness. The peak of our rebellion. So he gave the law through the Mosaic law was made sin utterly sinful. It it just brought it full on. Made it demonstrate. Yeah. It was resonating. It was resonating big time. Our new word is God. So it says maybe someone would die for a good man. Mm -hmm. That might be a worthy cause. What does God's love say? God, what's the word? He demonstrated his own love in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So the word demonstrated is our Greek word that we want to do a redneck Greek word study on. Okay, let's do it. We call it a redneck Greek word study because Steve and I are so unworthy of calling it a scholarly (laughs) word study. study. Yes. We don't measure up. We tried the scholarly voice, and it just didn't work. So we're going to butcher this pronunciation. 
always our Greek comes with a country accent. <laughs> so our last week's word was suneto. Yes. This week's word is sunestemai. Sunestemai. Don't correct me. I know I'm wrong. I was just saying it with you. <laughs> sunestemai. So soon we already know. Yes. Soon is the word we get for together. Together. Estimai is the word we get for stand. Stand together. Stand. And this sense is a legal stand, like a witness. Can I get a witness? A witness goes to where? The stand. The stand. To give testimony. To give testimony. So God is giving testimony to his love. So at the right time, he demonstrated, he gave testimony to his love that we were really basket cases and had no value at all, but he sent his son to die for us. So Paul is putting out the case that, you know, perhaps out of all the people in the world, God could find a few good ones and, okay, I'll let my son I mean, they tried really hard. They did pretty good. They messed up a couple times, but they're good, good, good people. I'll die for them. That would be a witness that God's love is subjective, that it's based on our performance. Condition. The court case here is that God's love is objective. He loves because he is love. So it says God demonstrated his love Demonstrated as our sunestemai. Yes, God proved his love. That while we were yet sinners, he died for us. So sunestemai is the the preponderance of evidence. It means to stand together. The weight of evidence. The weight of evidence in a court case all stands together pointing to one fact. I love you. This much that even though you're at your worst, you don't qualify for my love. You don't do anything that make yourself lovable. I'm dying for you. That is to sunestemai. That is together all the witnesses, all the evidence points to one thing, that God is Yes, and he didn't die for us when we were trying real hard but not measuring up. He died for us when we were just being plain wicked. Yeah. He didn't say, good enough, you tried. He he said, I'm demonstrating my love. I'm sunestamai. I'm standing with this preponderance of evidence that my love is not based on your performance. Because... Because they were saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he was saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. What an example. The very people that were beating him and flogging him and nailing him to the cross. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. That is the witness. That That is is a sunestamai. That's the preponderance of evidence right there. Yeah. The weight of the evidence is that his love is non-meritorious. 
non-meritorious. Heard someone say that once. Not yes. sure what it means, but it's subjective love. It's because he is love. Because he is love. And he proved it. And he, through a preponderance of evidence, we didn't deserve it. He loved us at our worst. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. That's what they do in a, a criminal case, beyond a shadow of a doubt. In a civil case, it's preponderance of evidence. Okay, so then we find out in Romans 5, 12, something else. Do you want to read that? Sure, sure. It says, Therefore, as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin... And so death spread to all men because all sinned. Can you read the next couple verses? For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam, the first man, until Moses, the first man who gave us the law, even over those who had not sinned in the likeness of Adam, who ate the apple, who is a type of him who was to come. A type. Adam is a type of Jesus in the sense that he's a corporate personality and we probably should look at that a little bit it may be a little bit dry how do you it it says sin is not taken into account without a law right right nevertheless from adam to moses when the law was given people were still dying Right. They were dying for sin, even though they, they couldn't commit a sin. There was no sin to commit. They couldn't there charge was, them with a there sin. There was no command to break. But they were all charged with sin. And it was because Adam was charged with sin. And he was what the scholars call a corporate personality. What he did counted for all of us, even us in the 21st century, is still counting for us. And Jesus, he said he was a type of Christ, and he was a corporate personality, and he did something that all of us get credit for. In a good way. One died for all, therefore all died. That's what Paul said. I am convinced of this thing. One died for all, therefore all died. Christ died on behalf of us all, and therefore in God's eyes we all died and paid the penalty for sin. You remember in Romans, the wages of sin is death? Well, we paid those wages when Christ died on the cross because he died for us as a corporate representative of us. Wow, so there's both our words in the same 2 Corinthians 5.14 the love of Christ resonates. Yes. Suneco. Suneco. Because I'm convinced because of the sunestimai, the preponderance of evidence. evidence. 
That one died for all. That one died for all. Therefore, in all. God's eyes, all died and paid their sin debt. That's why in later on in Romans 6, it says, For those who have died are acquitted from sin. Because of the one man died for all. Yes. So how do we understand this? Shouldn't this be some... Suneco? I mean, uh, shouldn't this be some, some sunistimi in the Old Testament? That's, shouldn't this, yeah. there be some preponderance of evidence of this idea of corporate identity? Yes, there should be a type or shadow of corporate identity being shown in the Old Testament. The Old Testament should show us this principle of corporate identity one affects all and you know what we can go back into the old testament and anywhere you want anywhere you want it is everywhere god instilled this idea of one person represents all over and over on every page in the old testament it truly is replete it is it's Seneca's. Yes. So what? Let's look at Genesis 49, and we'll start in verse 8. Okay. We, we can do the whole chapter. It's all 12 of his sons, but. Yeah. It, he, Levi is pronouncing blessings on his 12 sons. You mean it, Jacob? Jacob. Yeah. What did I say? Levi. Oh, Levi's okay. one of the sons. Yeah, Levi's there's one a, of the sons. There's a corporate identity the, about Levi, too. Exactly. Israel is giving blessings to his 12 sons, but you'll see they're not actually to the sons. They're to the descendants of the sons. The corporate idea that I give you, a single person, the blessing, and it spreads to all the people that come from your loins, all the people. I give the blessing to you, but it counts for all the people in the future. So, Just like we did once before when we were talking about Israel, that's one man. Yes. But it said, when Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my singular son. When he was talking about a million people or more. Which, yeah. Okay, so let me read in verse 8. I'll start in verse 8. Judah, your brother shall praise you, and your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down to you. Judah, your lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He couches, he lies down as a lion, and as a lion, who dares arouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until Silo comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people. Okay, so he's talking to his son Judah. A single person. A single person. 
and he's saying, out of you, one person Judah, I'm going to make a tribe called the tribe of Judah. I'm going to give this tribe made up of now thousands of people a piece of land. A piece of land. And that's going to be for the whole nation, for the whole tribe of Judah. So and he's then, corporately speaking to Judah about a tribe that's going to receive a parcel of land to live on. And also, out of this one man Judah will come a king, a series of kings. That's the what, kingdom, that's what he's saying. The he's king, talking as if it'll come from Judah, the one man. All the kings of Israel will come from the tribe of Judah is what he's saying. Yes. And he's saying it to one man. One man. About kings that haven't even been thought of being yes. born yet. Yes. And then out of this one king in particular will be called David. King, king David. David. Famous King David. And then out of King David comes another king who is the king of kings and lord of lords and he will be Jesus who we've talked about the one man died for all the corporate personality so God saw all these king lineages all the kings that came from Dave, or from Judah the kings that came from David, the first king, all the way up to eventually a king would come and he would be called, what was the word, Silo? He, yes. he would be the Messiah. King of kings and lord of lords. All from one man he's telling this to. And he doesn't say, your he never uses the plural. He says, you Judah, singular, you Judah, singular, you Judah, singular, already have all these kings inside of you. They're all in your loins right now as I'm prophesying to you. Because in the mind of God, a king 400 years later is the same as a king right now because he's the God of I am. He's the God of now who sees the future and treats it as now. He's unrestrained by time. So this corporate identity is able to show you all the things that happen in the body of this one guy, Judah. All the people that would come out. All the different kings that would come out. And then later, the Messiah would come. All out of one man. So let's, maybe let's go to 2 Samuel and, and see if this bears out. Okay, we can do that. Where should I go in 2 Samuel, Bill? I'd say let's go to Chapter 7, maybe starting in verse 8. So, just to review, the kings were supposed to come from the line of Judah. That was the, the prophecy. That was the prophecy, yes. That was given to one man. Yes. And it was as if the kings would come, would be Judah. Judah never was a king. Right. But here, now his ancestors that were... They, they didn't even have kings back. There was not even a, a king to rule. They, no, it, they, God was ruling directly. God was their king. Yeah, and they, they said, no, we don't want God as our king. We want you to appoint a judge. And so what's supposed to happen is the kings are going to come from the line of Judah. We know that. 
right? And, yeah. But what happened was the people said, no, we want Saul to be king. They were messing it up as, just as hard they as they could. Up. They messed it up. The kings were not supposed to come from the tribe of Benjamin. Yes. Where Saul was. Yes. They were supposed to come from Judah. So here's this guy, Saul, king. Yes. It's messed up. Yes. Okay. Or is it? Okay. Yeah. So now that tells us where we're at when I start reading 2 Samuel 7, starting in Maybe verse 11. Okay. Okay. Even from the day I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, he commanded judges to be over them because they said, we don't want God to be over us anymore. We want you to appoint a judge. So he appointed a judge. He said, and I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord also declares to you that the Lord will make a house for you. And when your days are complete and you lie down with your fathers, I will raise up your descendant after you who will come forth from you and I will establish his kingdom and he shall build a house for my name and I will establish his throne and his kingdom forever. Wow. So the plan wasn't thwarted by the will of men. No, he still said, I'm going to make a kingdom and have a king for you, even though they were dealing with judges at the time. So men made choices. (laughs) And God overruled it. And God overruled it. So the king did come from, the kings did come from the lineage of David. And now he goes on further and he says, more than that, there's going to be a king of kings that comes from the tribe of Judah. Yes. All prophesied in Genesis 49. As one person. As one man. Yes. And that one man is going to be the king of kings and Lord Lord of of lords. And his name is Jesus. And he is going to reverse what Adam did in the book of Romans, where we should go. Okay, let's go to Romans 5. Maybe let's pick it up at 12 again. Okay. So in verse 12, it was saying that through one man, sin entered the world and death through sin and death spread to all men because all men sinned only because they got the credit for that one corporate personality for what Adam. he did, they sin because it says from there is from the time of Moses, from the time of Adam till the time of Moses, no people laws. died of sin, even though there was no law to convict them. They had no way of sinning, but they got the sin penalty because of that one corporate personality. They were all credited with what Adam did, which was not fair to them. Because they were in Adam when he sinned. In the mind of God, they were in Adam when he sinned. So it goes on in 15. It says, 
See, it wasn't fair for us to have credit for what Adam did. No. But it goes on and says, but the free gift is not like the transgression. For if by the transgression of the one person, Adam, corporate personality, many died, much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of God from the one man abound to the many. See, through Christ and what Christ did, the grace abounded to us just like the sin abounded to us through Adam. The grace abounded to us through Jesus and it paid our sin debt. And God says sin debt is paid in full. The wages of sin is death and all died in my eyes and all paid their sin debt in my eyes is what God says because of the one corporate man, Jesus, who was the representative for everybody and everybody got credit for what Jesus did just like they got credit for what Abraham did. We, we never did a thing wrong and we never did a thing right. We were just given a gift of righteousness through the one man dying on the cross. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Well, then since he did this. Did what? Lived the perfect life. Paid for our sins on the cross. Gave, since he did this. Gave, gave us, us the a, grace. Gave us the grace. Gave us this undeserved gift called being declared righteous what shall we say shall we continue in the sin that grace may abound <laughs> <laughs> that's funny Bill that's funny yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny but that's but what that, Paul asked Paul did he said he, he, he said I detect some sarcasm when he asked that question yeah yeah, yeah. He, he, he said hey through Adam we all sinned, and then through Christ, we were all given grace and declared righteous. And so what's the question? What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? That's that's the question of today, and that's the question of Romans 6. One, you took it right out of the Bible. That's hilarious. As if we'll do better. Yeah, as if we'll do better. So, so he I, says that, yeah. What shall we say? Shall we continue in the sin. Shall we continue to believe this idea that we can earn God's love and acceptance by obedience to the law? Yeah. Should, by not sinning? Right. Should, should we, we continue do, in that? Since we got grace, should we continue in it? Well, let's see what Paul says because he gives a profound answer and I believe it's He says, worth, hell no. <laughs> he <laughs> does, really. Yeah, Maganoita. Maganoita yeah, is a strong, strong word. word. Strong word, yeah. Paris Sathano. I'll tone it down a little. Yeah, yeah, but that's funny. But he, he goes on to tell us about corporate identity um, and how we received the gift of righteous, what Jesus had to do for us to receive that gift of righteousness. So he asked the question, what shall we say, right? Yeah. Then he asked another question. Don't you know? Yes. Do you not know? Yeah. So I think we should go to Romans 6.1. 
okay, I made it, I'm there. Well, let me start in 6-1, because that's exactly what you said. Let, let me, matter of fact, say in, in Romans 5, it was saying through one man, Adam, sin came into the world, and through the next person, sin was taken out of the world, and we were given grace. That's what the topic of, of chapter 5 was about. So these guys come up with the question, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May anoint us, that word. May it never be. How shall we who have died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we might also walk in a new way of life because he ended the old covenant. Do you see the corporate identity in there? That he's saying, don't you know that when he died, you died? That when he was buried, you were buried? When he was raised from the dead, you were raised from the dead? Yes. Do you remember Jesus saying to the disciples when they said, can you, we oh, sit yeah. at your right hand. He said, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And can you be baptized with the baptism I'm going to be baptized with? He had already been baptized. He had already been baptized. This was a second baptism, and this is what we're talking about in Romans 6, where it says, all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus. This is what God saw from his vantage point. This is what we are supposed to accept by faith. God tells us about these eternal truths, and we take them by faith. He says we were buried with him through baptism into death. That's in God's eyes. So we can walk in this new way of life. Then it goes on to say, For if we have become united with him in likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, meaning at the end of time, we're going to raise out of the graves because he raised out of the grave. Then it says, knowing this, that the old man of us was crucified. Let's stop right there. Let's stop right there with that one phrase, knowing this, that the old man of us was crucified because you see, it was the old man of us, and this is where the word old man of us begins, and it's an important word to know. It means the part of you that you do not like about yourself, the part of you that did all the sinning and all the failing, and it even did all the trying real hard to be a Christian, that part of you was crucified with Christ. It was baptized into Christ when he was on the cross. It died and it was buried with Christ in the grave. 
the old man of us, the part of us that we do not like about ourselves and we wish it wouldn't keep producing or wreaking havoc in our lives, that part of us in God's eyes was crucified and God just said it. Knowing this, that the old man of us was crucified, you accept that by faith. Because in Ephesians 4.22, it says, put off the old man who is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Talking about the old man of us that we don't like about ourselves, that's from a vantage point of being in time. That's what's happening in our life. We're seeing the old man of us wreak havoc in our lives and it's saying put off that old man of us can you describe that again there was from the point of time and then the point of the The, corporate identity the internal internal point point yeah yes as far as god what god wants you to believe is that he saw the old man of us die on the cross even though in Ephesians 4.22, it talks about the old man of us being alive. That's in our lives. That's what we see. What we accept by faith is that God saw that person die a long time ago. Matter of fact, it's really the ancient man of us, the ancient man of us. That's how long ago he saw that person die on the cross so long ago that our sins and lawless deeds he'll remember no more. He won't remember what the old man of us did, even though we see it in time Still still doing it. From God's point of view, it is past tense and he died. From our point of view, man's point of view, it's present tense and we should put off the old man of us. What does that mean? It means stop trying to do the Christian life in your own human effort, in your own old man. Your old man is the same as human effort. Yes, the ancient man of us. So let me get this right, our dog Steve. Jesus said, if I be lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men to myself. Yes. So from a corporate identity that we've just learned about, he dragged all mankind into himself and paid their sin debt. Yes. One died for all, therefore all died. The old man of us died. The old man of us died. The old man of me and you was not even born yet. So this is definitely corporate identity. And eternal point of view. And eternal point of view. And it's, can you undergo the baptism I'm about to go through? And And they had no idea what he was talking about. But this Romans 6 says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? Is that the same thing? Yes. So we were baptized into his death. Us in the 21st century were baptized in the But no one saw that. Nobody saw that. They saw one man. We saw just one man hang on the cross. They didn't know he died as all. They did not know that. 
They did not know or as all you can yes, even say. They did not know the miracle. Had they known the miracle that God and Jesus were going to pull off at the cross, they wouldn't have crucified the Son of Glory. No, they thought he was a bad man and should die. Yes, yes. I'm, I'm referring to 1 Corinthians 1. So 6-7 six, six, seven seven. says to know the, knowing this, right, that the mm-hmm. old man of us was crucified? Yes. Then it goes on with three more phrases. About eight is about the old man, too, I believe. Yes, yes. It says, the old man of us was crucified. You accept that by faith that the body of sin might be done away with. Do you remember Paul saying, who will rescue me from this body of sin? Who will make it powerless? Yes. In the realm of time, Jesus makes him be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin means we are not under law so that grace so that sin can master us we're not under law that sin can master us because we died to the law the whole law died that whole system of being pleasing to God died and it's over with so we have been we, we are no longer slaves to sin, is what I'm trying to say, because we are not under law, but under grace. You know where you just read that the old man of us might be rendered powerless? Yes. I was told from the Greek you could actually translate as um, might, you could actually translate as for the purpose of. So if you say it that way, Knowing this, that the old man of us died for the purpose of rendering him sin powerless. Exactly. Exactly. That's a better way to understand. Yeah. Might sounds like, well, you know, maybe. Right, right, right. You cleared it up. One can hope. You cleared it up. Right, right. Say it again, matter of fact. That the body of sin might be rendered powerless. Knowing this, that the old man of us was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be rendered powerless. It should be rendered that knowing this, that the old man of us was crucified with him for the purpose of the body of sin in time being rendered powerless. Yes. And when it's rendered powerless, that means we're not under the law. It's rendered powerless when you stop telling the old man of us he needs to get busy and perform for God and do good things, which he's unable to do. Remember, the power of sin is the law. First First Corinthians 15, 56. That's exactly what this is saying. Yes. Yes. You want to render sin powerless, get out from performance under the law. Exactly. And so they're saying, should we... Should we sin that grace may abound? May, uh, there's that word again. Yeah, may annoy it. Absolutely not. We're, we're getting into the answer that he, we died with him so that the body of sin, for the purpose of the body of sin becoming dormant and us not being slaves to sin, which is what we should speak about, in the next podcast. 
oh yeah, we just scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah. We broke us right into it. Romans six one through seven, but we're going to have to go through it again because there's more there. Yes, there's and so there's much more, more corporate identity needed. Yes, yes. So for now, do you maybe want to close us in prayer? I would. I will. <laughs> Did it from a corporate identity. Yeah. Father God, thank you. Thank you that you demonstrated your love for us. That while we were at our worst, you died for us. You died that for us to demonstrate your love for us. And you died for us and you gave us the life of your son through the Holy Spirit to live in us and through us. And this is a life that has its own power that we can rely on. Thank you in the coming weeks to teach us about your grace so sin will not master us because we are no longer under performance of the law, Ten Commandments, Tree of the Knowledge of Good and Evil, but we are under grace, resting in your power and perfect life in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, you guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Yep, we love you guys. Good night. Yes.